Hello and welcome to Free Reeling It, a movie podcast done by a couple of idiots and a bagel tonight because bagel is is munching on some peanut butter below me and I don't know how loud he is, but hey, that's bagel. My name's Matthew. I also have a buddy with me, Jesse. How are you? I'm doing good. I am ready to talk about some puppets named the Muppets. Yes. So uh, I just realized at the end of the last episode, we didn't talk about what we're doing. Um, we've done that okay. once before. It's okay. We've, we've done that once before. You, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's part of the fabric. We're going to leave you guessing sometimes because cliffhangers are a part of cinema. We are covering one of my favorite Christmas movies. Uh, I think it is, it is easily in my top 10, not nailed down as to whether or not it's in my top five but it is a muppet christmas carol it is the classic dickens novel uh adapted for the muppets and michael kane what is your favorite christmas movie <clears throat> sadly it, my favorite christmas movie is the most cliched bullshit <laughs> i is really it a love story it is a christmas story and I, I the only reason that is is because i grew up identifying with ralphie so hard because anytime i wanted something for christmas it was it wasn't it, i never wanted a bb gun or anything like that but it would it would always be like you don't want that Nobody wants. Why do you want that? And, and now, granted, I, I, my parents and my family were very supportive. They, I, I never, I can't really say I ever had a bad Christmas. I never walked. I never walked away from Christmas morning going, "Man, that sucked." But, uh, but I did always feel that little pushback whenever I said what I wanted for Christmas. And also, the growing up, there was growing up, and even into my 20s there was still that there was still a certain magic about christmas morning um a lot of that has changed over the years but the whenever i watched that movie like it, it those those feelings are still present and i still enjoy it um yeah so muppet's christmas carol yes muppet um, christmas carol came out almost 30 years ago Oh, I also uh, came out in '92. Hmm? <laughs> uh, I didn't. I didn't realize we were watching two back-to-back uh, -back movies that came out the same year. What? What date? What day did this come out? Uh, I do not know. I'm looking right now. I'm looking for it as well. IMDb makes it hard to see some of this sometimes. Yeah, Wikipedia, December 11th, 1992. Okay. So Batman Returns came out a little early. Batman Returns was a summer blockbuster Christmas movie. Whereas this is a this is a Christmas ass Christmas movie. <laughs> um, I want I, I personally want to start off and talk about the ghost of uh, Christmas past. Go right ahead. I forgot that that one was a puppet, and yeah. I was casually watching it last night for the first mm -hmm. time in ten years, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, she scared the daylights out of me. <laughs> oh yeah. She's oh, yeah. so creepy. She's maybe the worst agent puppet or Muppet in this entire movie because she's so creepy. 
yeah, it's, he's the, it's the, the like you talk about the go, uh, the ghost of Christmas yet to come, and say like, oh, he looks like a Dark Souls character, but the ghost of Christmas Past is that special sweet spot of where we're quaint enough to be in uh, a movie marketed towards children, but we're probably gonna creep some people out along the way. <laughs> And like it was, it was played by a child. It was voiced by a child. Why couldn't mm-hmm. the child yeah. just be the 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 actor? Uh man, what a what a time! Yeah, um, what a what a film! Yeah, well, like so, what where where should we start with this movie? Uh, so have you ever actually read the Dickens novella? That's funny because I haven't, and but like Puppet Treasure Island, I've read Treasure Island before, so like that one I know references mm-hmm. and stuff for, but I've never read uh, Christmas Carol. So this movie, when I saw it, I think I I think I, it was a family Christmas movie night, so we went and saw it in the theaters. But when I saw this, like the next year, because I had younger cousins who needed, you know, Christmas entertainment for that was probably more appropriate for children than the movie Scrooge um, or Christmas Vacation. Um, but I, when I watched this again, I'm like, I'm going to read that book. And you know, I think the, the next year, I actually, uh, I, or not the next year, would have been the year I started working, which would have been 90, 95, 96. Um, with one of my first paychecks, I actually picked up a copy of <laughs> Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's been, a, I, I've not read it since, uh, but it gets a lot of the, I feel like it gets a lot of the broad strokes right, but there's probably little details that are lost, um, both in the translation of time and being, a, being appropriate for the demographic. But I do think that the idea of Muppets taking on and bringing forward like the bleakness of 17th century just society, be it Mm -hmm. London or anywhere else, uh, there's a certain there are certain pitfalls that could happen along the way, but I also don't think that they, I don't think that this, I don't think this movie's perfect by any stretch, but I feel like it does the, you, the, um, the, I don't, I don't want to say, I, like the, um, putting on a pedestal of the Christmas season very well to me. Like, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of, you know, people handing out gifts. There's not ever, there's not a whole bunch of people going, I don't I really hope Santa's going to come this year. There's not, there's none of that. It's, it's just about getting, getting through the year and having a bit of time with friends and or family. And while I don't remember how well the Dickens work holds on this. I think the very the the way that Michael Caine plays Ebenezer Scrooge, uh, going through the realizing that man he's alienated anybody that 
cared for him ever in life or in death almost. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it, 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 it was the first time I ever felt sympathetic for just an asshole um, when I saw this in like the early 90s. But I do like the idea of that despite Ebenezer Scrooge being an asshole, like Kermit as Bob Cratchit still is like, you know, we, we have to thank Mr. Scrooge because essentially he has a hair trigger. He could fire me anytime he wants and he hasn't. Um, And, you know, and Miss Piggy as Emily Cratchit is, you know, yeah, if he were to come here, I would punch him in the face, but you know, he's putting, he's helping put food on our table. So, and I, I do like the way that Kane as Scrooge sort of sees this. Um, and, and this is, I'm, de- I'm clearly just spoiling, you know, a, a couple hundred year old work, but I do like how Kane sees this and it's probably the most authentic sort of transformation that I can think of. And now do I think it's the best acted or, or anything like that? Probably not because I still think probably the best version of this is, is the animated Disney one that came out in like the late seventies, early eighties. Um, but trying to get that can be a little, can be a little dicey at times. Even I think even with Disney plus, I don't even know if it's on there but I don't have Disney plus. So we're here. Um, But it also strikes the chord of something that has been important to me post leaving Iowa Mm -hmm. and post, you know, not really having anybody I grew up with around. Um, And it's the, it's, I feel like there's a there's a there's a found family narrative here that doesn't get explored enough and that's mainly why I wanted to talk about it because like you could talk about how it's the Cratchits or it's the Scrooges or it's the Marleys but on the face of it like Bob Cratchit, Emily Cratchit or Kermit and Miss Piggy and the family and friends they surround them with, like, not trying to be, I'm not trying to be like super superficial here, mm-hmm. but they don't really, they don't look alike. Like, like they, they all look, there's like a, there's like a diverseness to it. And when I act, I remember at one point when I had moved here, I watched this with my ex-wife before we were married and it sort of made me it actually made me appreciate the times where we had gotten together with just our friends for like Thanksgiving or just or when we were able to see people around the Christmas holiday. Like I wasn't necessarily seeing my family, but I was seeing people that I, that were very important to me. And despite all of it, like this movie still i still look at this movie and think about that or i think about how important that can be um and you know in a in the past two years where we've had a pandemic that is currently ongoing 
and I've been in my own sort of situation with my immediate family. Easy, buddy. Bagel, 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 bagel. Calm down, buddy. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> He's getting a little crazy with the peanut butter down there. Um, but it, it's it's really sort of uh, rung true that like blood isn't the only important thing. And yeah. I, 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 while the text doesn't say that, the Dickens didn't say that, or maybe Dickens did kind of, I think some of the songs in this musical say that. And I think, I think that the songs in this one are particularly good. I think now, is there a rainbow connection that the Muppets are famous for? No, there really isn't. But I think there's a consistency to them that are that is very good and, and very wonderful and very singable. And I'm actually kind of sad I won't be able to order the IM8 bit edition of the vinyl that is either a, a up for pre-order or probably already it might already be out. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, I I just I love this movie for all of it for all that it presents and all of its flaws. And, and I'm, I'm really, really thankful that, you know, I get to, I get to speak with it, speak about it with you, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> what did you take away from this movie? I, I I've seen a lot of Christmas carols. Um, mm-hmm. And by a lot, I mean like 10, maybe. Um, sure. That's a lot. Yeah. And I've seen like productions of them and stuff. Cause like, grew up in a house that people run plays and so people did this at holidays and stuff like that mm-hmm. i still think this is insanely the most charming version of it um sure i think like what you have like the the remake that they did with um jim carrey and you have mm-hmm. um you, you said like the other disney one was, was it the mickey mouse one I think it's just I think it's a Mickey Christmas Carol. I think that's what it is, where it's like actually Scrooge McDuck. I think that's act. I think that might actually be his first appearance ever. Yeah, I'm like I'm looking for like uh, adaptations right now. Um, do, do, do live action films. There we go. Like Scrooge is technically one. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, like there's there's there's, there's a few. Um, the, I remember there's like a Flintstones one, I think, or like yeah, I was wrong. Hannah... Scrooge, Mc, Scrooge McDuck was created in 1947, and this and uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol was made in 1983, so it was not, it was nowhere near his first <laughs> appearance. So there's, there's the Mr. McGoo's Christmas Carol that I grew up watching because I watched a lot mm-hmm. of um, um, Boomerang and stuff. So there's just a bunch, mm-hmm. um, and so. Like this one was, it's just insanely heartwarming and charming the entire time because of the Muppets. I think they add that extra oomph to make you be like, well, these are just the goofy little guys. They're just hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, and their sincerity in the Muppets that you can't get with animation or live action in some ways. Like oh, sure. the, the way Kermit and the other rats kind of like ask for their days off. Uh, for, oh for god Christmas. yeah like there's a sense of like i'm kermit <laughs> in that as like mm-hmm. a working man type of thing that i don't i don't know you can't get anywhere else and so I, I, to me that's like that's where it is like there's something about the muppets that's human but also not human enough 
that makes this movie a, a magic that you can't capture anywhere else. And also, yeah, Michael Caine, come on. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, like I was gonna, I was gonna get into how much Michael Caine fucking rules. I love Michael Caine. <laughs> I, love, I don't think I've seen him in a. I, I well, I've seen him in a bad movie, but I don't think he's ever been bad in a movie. Um, which is Jaws for the Revenge. I, I have not seen Jaws four. So <laughs> there you go. now, now I never will. So, I, so I will never see him be bad. Thank you for deterring me, Jesse. Um, but no, Michael Caine absolutely just absolutely rips in this movie. I think the one thing that I find the hardest sell on him is him saying "humbug." Like I just, and I don't know what it is, but I think he. I think while this is one of my favorite adaptations of of this Dickens work, he does the worst humbug, and. That's a contradiction that I'm happy living with for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do I do love his interactions with the spirits, though. Yeah, the, his in like, I think there's the the issue with pacing when it comes to it being just an hour and a half, where oh, yeah. the the Scrooge Scrooge's turn happens pretty fast. I feel like mm-hmm. where. I think with a lot of renditions, they draw it out until that very last one, where at, at when he when Scrooge gets to the Ghost of Christmas Future, he's like he's like okay, I understand, I've been bad, let, let me be better, um, and and like there's a lot more to do in that, but it is weird that we still have more lessons to teach Scrooge at that point where he's like, seems like he's ready to give everything at that point already. And then even more so, it's like, I have to give now. I think that's what it is versus like, I'm going to give to I have to give is what they're going for. But I'm just so used to like still kind of being like, see, Christmas isn't still all that's cracked up to be at that point in my Christmas carol. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I I, I do like how how swiftly in in this particular script it goes from ghost the ghost of christmas past that brings up all of the the regret that ebenezer scrooge has to um where he's at to the to the ghost of christmas christmas present who i think is easily uh apart from the main muppet cast one of the he's just one of the most lovable creatures in the world um but the ghost of chris's present is sort of like the slap on the wrist this is why you're being this is why you're being disciplined mm-hmm. per se and then i think uh in this particular one the con- like i don't know if it's how the consequences are written but i think it's more how michael kane plays the consequences mm-hmm. um that is that is what really sort of keeps me coming back to this time and time again uh so yeah what what do i do like the i do like the fozzy bear scenes too (laughs) you get michael kane talking about his former boss as like a, a hard man you know really really shrewd in the world of business but yet you just see fozzy bear going Ebenezer, why are you working? It's a party. Enjoy yourself. 
it, it's one, one of those things I'm curious about. It's like this movie came out head to head against Home Alone 2, and that's why it didn't do as well in the box office. Right. I think I would prefer watching this over Home Alone 2. Don't get me wrong. I like Home Alone 2. There's parts of Home Alone 2 that make me laugh out loud and hard and to this day. Mm-hmm. But there's more to enjoy consistently through this movie than there is Home Alone 2. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I also and like, I, yeah, yeah. I, haven't seen, I haven't seen Home Alone 2 forever. So it's also interesting too because this feels like kind of knowing that this came out as the first Muppet movie after Jim Henson passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something like kind of that you could kind of feel like everybody's working through. It, it, you know, like, is it is it that that's just me? I feel like there is an energy to the Muppet performance. It was that they're like. This is this is not the same holiday that it's going to be this you know like this isn't going to be the same kind of holiday. Yeah, that's that's one hundred percent accurate. And I, I while I did notice, I did notice the differences between. I don't remember the last Jim Henson movie. I don't remember if it was Muppets in Space or, or Muppets Take Manhattan. I think it might have been Manhattan. Um, but I do remember how this movie felt different than that. Mm-hmm. And I, and like, it's not, it, I think it was, it was always going to, I mean, it's, it's nice that, that Brian Henson, his son mm-hmm. was able to take the mantle and be, uh, and be faithful to the idea of the Muppets. And I think that has continued to this day. I don't know who's running things now, if it's not He's producing Brian. a lot of Muppet stuff still. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. And I know that Brian is still alive and, and uh, I know it, he's still involved with the Muppets, but I just don't know. Like, I don't remember the last movie that came out and I don't remember who directed it, but, uh, but he was, he, he showed up and he was faithful to everything that Jim had created prior. I don't, and now, and I feel like, I feel like having looked at a little bit into Brian Henson's work with the Muppets, just apart from being Jim Henson's son, mm-hmm. uh, he did actually contribute meaningfully, like other than just being progeny. Yeah, um, I think there was for one movie, I don't remember which he invented something to make to it was he invented something that I think helped make like it was the first time they were able to show Kermit's feet properly. Huh, which is a which is a funny thing like and I read this like a week ago, so I apologize if I'm if I'm a little crazy here. But I think it was something, I think it was, it might've been something with uh, the great Muppet caper. Um, I don't remember trying to, I'm looking at his Wikipedia to see if it says anything. It does not. Wait a minute. Oh, he did help create and operate a special rigging device that was created to allow the Muppets ride bicycles since he was skilled 
in the use of marionette puppets. A few years later, he similarly operated a marionette of Scooter riding a bicycle in the Muppets Take Manhattan in 1984. He is, and they, so he invented that for the Great Muppet Caper in 1981. Oh, that makes sense then. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's probably easy to say that it's whoever's taking over the Muppets from Jim Henson was kind of handed a, a inherited, they were kind of handed a slam dunk, mm-hmm. but also like if he, if he didn't take this seriously, this could have been a very, very poorly executed, way worse movie than it is. Um, and I also think that it, it might have been a situation if he wasn't taking this if he wasn't taking this seriously i don't think michael kane would have stayed around personally i feel like michael kane could have easily just walked away from this one if he didn't feel right about it it's not like it's not like this was his first movie in a while it's not like he was looking to pay the rent he was he, he was steadily working all through the 90s since the 60s i believe so yeah, and, and like yeah. Michael Caine treated this as like a Shakespeare production. Like he wouldn't. Oh, hundred percent. Like, he talked about how he wouldn't try. Like he would never try to acknowledge the Muppets as Muppets. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the scene, the scenes where he's like one of my favorite ones is it's an unfortunate one, but it's uh, the one where Bean the Rabbit is singing. I don't remember which Christmas Carol he's singing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like what's all this about he's like penny for the song governor and then he just he just turns and then you see the wreath get thrown at him it's a such a good i love this movie so much i'm trying to trying to think like is there anything more heartwarming than watching kermit and his peace family all like make a dinner together Ooh. Probably not. I mean, it's just really it's it's a sweet scene. And 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 like, is there any more of like a a Muppet song that's more of just like a, a like a banger of a song than the um gosh um, one more sleep till Christmas? No, I'm thinking of the uh why can't I or remember the, these characters' names? The or the one that he and Tiny Tim are singing. No, I'm thinking of um I'm looking right now to figure out the names. Uh like what can I remember the names? Cratchits. Not the Cratchits, the um Marley's. Um oh their song, the Marley song. Like I just I remember loving that song as a kid and still like Marley and Marley, I think yeah. it's just so good. Yeah, it's a but, but that goes to the point that you've listed two other songs before that because all these songs are just so oh yeah the, well done like i think i think you, what what happens with a muppet with any muppet movie is you get one banger and it's usually written by paul williams um but i think that this is the one where all of them are maybe none of them are bangers per se mm-hmm. but like but all of them, you you can't really walk away from the soundtrack coming away with nothing you liked, yeah. Unless you unless you chose not to like it before you even started, um. And yeah, I, I, the music and the I think I think I, when we were I actually watched this today as well, 
and I watched it with Reba because she's, I mean, my wife is Jewish and she didn't really grow up with like a, a ton of Christmas movies around, but she's like, oh, well, Christmas with the Muppets. Now I'm in. Yeah. And, and I think both of us sort of teared up when you see like Tiny Tim start to cough. And yeah, it was, it was, it was, both of us were kind of like, hmm, that sucks. <laughs> why, why are you doing this to us, Brian Henson? Uh, yeah, I'm glad you gave me an excuse to rewatch it because it's just been too long. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Oh, I'll, gi- I'll give you an excuse to watch any. <laughs> no, I probably, you could, there's probably going to be one where I'd be like, where I'm like, hey, let's watch this. And you're like, no. No, I can't see that <laughs> yeah. happening. I can't see that happening. Challenge accepted. <laughs> oh boy, what did I just do to myself? Oh man, you, you have no idea what kind of hell I can bring. No. Um, now, did, did you, how did you watch this? I watched on Disney Plus. Now, did you, what, did you, on Disney Plus, is there two versions of it? I don't think so. Okay, because I I watched it on Amazon, rented it, and there was like one with bonus content. What was the bonus content? I have no idea. I, I how much longer it. was it? It was uh, twenty minutes longer, I think. Oh wow, that's a lot of bonus content, right? And I was I just curious if there were two versions because, I mean, I'm not above watching this again as we get closer to the holiday, but. Uh, I don't know if Reba would go with me on that one. Did um did Reba watch a Batman Returns with you too? No, she did not. See, now we gotta rewatch it so you can make sure Reba watches it next time. Nah, <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I, I don't think I'm gonna get her on this. So I just googled uh, Muppet Christmas Carol with bonus content. It just takes you to the Amazon Prime Video page. What is the bonus content in Muppet? Just care. There we go. <laughs> Free reeling it where we out-Google each other. No. <laughs> um, it also just took me to... Oh, alternate versions. Here we go. Um, ooh. That does not help. It just tells me what was cut from the original theatrical edition. Oh, it just says extra stuff cut from the original. It's, yeah. It actually ends up being a half hour longer. So they cut it's a like, song when love is gone. I think that's in this version. It's on the sound. It was. It's on the soundtrack. So, but it's it, not in the movie. I think it was just. I think it might be in the credits. Well, then maybe that's what they added. They added. Uh, uh, they added. They added the. They added the the video version. <laughs> um. Oh, one thing I want to talk about before we go any further. Can we talk about Gonzo and Rizzo as the narrators of this movie? Oh, well, it's Gonzo as uh, Charles Dickens. And, well, right, yeah. And Rizzo and, just as a, as a, a dude. R- Rizzo is just Rizzo. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's like, I'm Charles Dickens. You're not Charles Dickens. Yes, I am. I know the story like the back of my hand. Oh, yeah, prove it. He starts describing the back of his hand. Uh, it's, this this movie is so charming. <laughs> and then even like, even as things start to get a little creepy with the ghost of Christmas future, they look at the camera and they're like, 
Sorry, sorry, folks. This is a little too weird for us. We'll see you in the finale. <laughs> I love this movie so much. Uh, I like so the good. opening too when you meet them. They're selling apples, <laughs> and and and, yeah. and he's like, if, "If we have any left, the way you're eating them, he's like, I'm creating scarcity." Yeah, like uh, it's good stuff. I mean, the Rizzo just taking cues from how Nintendo does things. I mean, come on, <laughs> we, we have to respect this. <laughs> It's, uh, uh, it's, it's, those two being the leads is a very good dynamic oh yes long may it continue um and then yeah this is it may not be my favorite christmas movie but i actually think it would probably be one that i continue to watch more and more because i really don't watch a christmas story anymore i think it's, it's hard to get in the mood for a christmas movie outside of christmas well, I that like yeah, this I could watch in in the middle of July. Like, doesn't it doesn't need to be Christmas time? But then again, that's more because Muppets are cool, and I don't care what anyone says. Um, but but yeah, watch this movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a good. It's time. real good. Good time for family. That's what's really yeah. Um, and I think. I think it's still charming. It holds up. Like that's the thing. Like I like it when we watch these older movies and they hold up. Oh yes, hundred percent. Speaking of old things that hold up, Matthew, I know that you only watched one movie last time we talked to recording this uh-huh. back to back. Um, but have you been watching anything else, TV or any, anything? So, uh, the past the past few weeks, I have been not really watching movies because I've been doing a lot of reading. And I have finished Dune, mm-hmm. and I like that book. I, I think Dune's a, a pretty good book. Dune's a, Dune's a really good book. Um, I'm glad I waited. I'm, I'm glad I watched it after this version, because if I had watched the 84 version again, mm-hmm. I would probably have some questions. Um, but... I do like that they basically stopped it at a point. They said, okay. And you get to that point in the book and you're like, okay, so now I know where I'm at. I, I, I have like sort of a, a compass to, to go by. Um, and I'm excited to see what Villeneuve does rest does with the rest of the book yeah because like now that you know now that you know kind of like the big plot twists in the second half, I'm curious where you're like, oh. Like yeah, waiting to see people people who haven't read the book see that part two and go be like i i'm upset mm-hmm. <laughs> there's but some other, upsetting things in that second half but other than that i wrapped up uh the most recent season of the great british bake off and that was kind of a heartbreaker um i think the right person won uh but i but uh the the last the last few episodes are a ride and I I love that show. Uh, but uh, I, and then Reba and I have just been watching uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine again because it makes us laugh. Um, I, what have you been watching, Jesse? I know I'm, you. I know you. I know you've been watching. You be watching movies. I'm still trying to work my way through the Fox Noir um, section. And I, I hit three in a row that all starred with them looking at the actor's name, uh, Richard Woodmark. Okay. And the third one is not very good, so I won't talk about that one. Um, but Which I watched, three did you watch? I watched Night in the City. Yes. No Way Out and Panic Sweet. in the Streets. 
didn't really like okay. Panic in the Street, so I won't dive into it. Night in the City is excellent. That's Jules Dassin, right? Um, direct, you mean director. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, Jules Dassin's the shit. It's just like it's perfectly toned. There's great like tension and building in that movie. Um, it's, it's very well done. And I heard there's a remake, and I'm not gonna watch the remake. Um, but then I, I watched No Way Out, which stars uh, Richard Weimark again, and mm-hmm. but it also co-stars. And I think I think he's technically the lead of this. Sydney uh, uh, Poitier, uh, who is like a powerhouse actor, um, mm-hmm. he did the night great movie. Um, Heat of the Night. Uh, who's guess coming? Guess, guess guess coming, coming. Yeah, great. Two Sir with Love. Yeah, directed Sydney Stuart Port- Crazy. Fuck yeah, Sydney Portier rules. <laughs> um, and the premise, so the premise of this one, I think this is the one I want to talk about most because it really blew my mind with structure too. Like I really, I finally connected with why noir structure structure works so well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, is it's he is a, a doctor, and they, they get two criminals come in, and they're both racist criminals. And they have to get treated before they can be like arraigned and stuff. Yeah. And he treats the one and like he dies, and uh, the the other one, the other actor, the main actor, accuses Sidney uh, Portier of killing him. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a whole thing where the criminal starts kind of gaslighting the people around him to make it seem like Sidney Portier's character would do this. And he's right. being racist to these to the to the racists mm-hmm. um and it builds up to a uh a race riot uh of the the racist white criminals versus all the black people in the city and then it ends with those two in a room together and one of them has a gun right like and and it it showed me that the way you have to do noir and to make it work is you have to have a very simple premise mm-hmm. racist patient versus black doctor Yep. And then build that into a unstoppable problem. But uh-huh. then end your movie in a quiet tension moment. And I think I think that's why I think that's why like good noir hits those hits those marks like on the spot. Um oh, yeah. I think uh the other one I said, uh, what was it called again? I'm bad with names. Um Night in the City, it starts off. It's a small idea of uh, uh, of, of a, a confidence man finally finding his solution to make it big. It's mm-hmm. a build up to a big f- brawl between and and like all the stuff blowing up in his face, and it becomes a small moment of him deciding if he's going to give himself up, give himself up to the mob or not. And it's like these these things are so good, and when they nail them, it's just it's a good time, and I I just have a blast. Yeah. I, you, you are 100% correct. I do think that every so often um, when film noir gets a little bit complicated, it's usually one of those aspects that's complicated rather than um, the arc between them. Uh, a really good Jules Dassin, uh, I'll say noir heist film, uh, Rafifi, mm-hmm. is very much everything you just described. Um, it's a it's a simple plot, but what but it goes to it it does all those beats, but the only thing that's complex is the heist. 
yeah, I just, I and, and that's just, and that's just because a heist is a heist is not always simple. In fact, if it's simple, it's usually not a heist. It's just a hit and run, or 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 smash and grab or whatever. Um, but yeah, like you are one hundred percent correct. When noir when when noir sings the best, it's when it's at its most simple. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on Edgar. Almer's detour uh if and when you are able to get around to it because that's kind of that that kind of does the noir template i'm pretty sure it hits all the beats you just stated as well yeah i know you're going through i know you're going through a noir thing right now so i figured i'd just throw another one on the pile just make sure to dm it to me so i don't forget because i will forget (laughs) So I'm going to write down, remember to DM just <laughs> so, so hopefully I don't forget. Um, I, know you're, I know you're hosting, but I'll continue co-hosting. Matthew, where can people find you on the internet? Hey, we're in, the, we're in this together, Jesse. You can find me at infinite underscore rewind everywhere I want to be. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. Um, if you are interested in playing video games with me, you can probably find me there just about everywhere. Um, I also host, uh, co-host two other podcasts, one about uh, video games I am playing with three friends, uh, my friends Moose, my friend Michaela, and my friend Jason. We just did our game of the year stuff. We are currently off until January, but we have a lot of fun. Uh, and I also co-host uh, Trivial Merit with uh, Jess and my mutual friend Caroline, where we pick an artist or a musical style and come up with an eight song playlist to get us from a negative headspace to a positive one. And that has been a ton of fun. We are on break until mid-January as well, just because holidays and, and things kind of becoming intense, you know, at the end of the year as they are wont to do. Mm-hmm. But Jesse, where can we find you? You can find me most places at Sleep Over the Bed. I host a comic podcast named Why Comics. You can find that at Why Comics Pod. You can find this show on Twitter at Free Reeling It. You can find this show's email by emailing us at freereeling at gmail.com. Um, that's once again me without laughing. It's freereelingit at gmail.com. Um, if you have any thoughts about any movies we've talked about or want to keep suggesting movies for us, feel free to reach out both those places um i'm just proud you're on a streak of getting it right yeah i got it down now (laughs) um and matthew who does our theme music uh my friend jason he goes by dead eye d-e-a-d dash letter i all capital letters you can find him on spotify on bandcamp anywhere you want to anywhere you want to get the musics digitally uh his album bloodshed kingdom is out and available and you should listen to it because he is super talented and uh i I will say that even though he won't, uh, but in 2013, he and his friend Ben put out uh, an album called Black Lightning as, or under the name Hope Street Steppers. Both albums are wonderful. Uh, I think they're very listenable, but I'm also a reggae fan. So if you don't mind trying out some instrumental reggae, check both albums out. They are wonderful. And, and remember everybody, this is the season to watch uh, Puppets tell us stories by very very old and dead white writers